realize that ladies end up a lot of times caring and they carry, even they carry the emotional maybe weight of the family. And so when people are sick, sure, I, as a man, uh, unfortunately, I may not feel the weight of it. I can understand it. I can understand you're sick. I can understand what's going on, but I don't carry that weight. And so it becomes sort of a, a sense of how do we minister and help one another. And we talked about Hannah this morning and we talked about the uh, G5020 principle in the life of Joseph where he understood there's no God like our God. And he said to his own brothers, you meant it for evil, but guess what? God is able to take all of the bad and make it good. And I, I, I know you say, well, that's just your opiate for the masses that you uh, rely on God. No, I know all things work together for the good to those that love the Lord. He that cometh to God must first of all believe that he exists and must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So there is that sense of I am going that somehow the Lord is going to level the playing field. It's not a pie in the sky, a hope for something by and by, but it's an understanding. The God that I serve is still in charge. I know we may feel like, well, COVID was out of his control and this was out of his control. And we've had folks that we've lost and we've said that, you know, we're grieved by it and we mourn and that's a whole nother subject. And we're starting a grief uh, uh, group that's gonna be starting here before long. We'll give you more information about that. And yes, it saddens us. It, it, is, it is a weight that you carry, but when you realize, you know what, Lord, you were not surprised by this. No matter what happened, God, you were still in control. You were still on the throne. You still know what's going on. And so then that very sense of how do we, you know, get ourselves tuned in to what God's thoughts are. Because the Bible says, as high as the heavens are above the earth. We don't think like that. And the society doesn't think like that. I know there may have been a time whenever we looked as a society that we we honored God. Maybe our founding fathers that uh, had a sense of, you know, they were all the original schools in the Ivy League were founded on religious uh, principles and the, and the Bible. And yet in 200 years, we've strayed very, very far from that. And, and yet when you consider that our founding fathers may not have really had a, they, they may have just called themselves a Christian. They may not have had a personal, I don't know what their personal relationship was with the Lord Jesus, but they had an important understanding. And that was that man without God left alone is pretty wicked. Amen. That's why they set up the government where there's a legislative branch and there are senators and they're elected every, you know, two years you get a third of them and those can be canceled out by the House and then the president can cancel those out and then finally the Supreme Court. The only reason they would do that is because they understood, guess what, if you get too many different folks in power, right. it could be bad. 
And so that's without God. So they recognize some of those principles. And yet, how should we start refocusing our mind and our thoughts? And one of those ways is to start personalizing the Bible. And I, I mentioned this morning that sense of, you know, we're going to we're going to go through some things. Yes, that's isometrics. That's running. That's you know the whole Charles Atlas. That's the uh, you know press against your desk and uh, lean forward and lean back and have some resistance. And nobody likes resistance. Nobody wants to have to build endurance but yet the Bible says he that endureth until the end is going to be saved and we see a we see our society, unfortunately, is, you know, fewer and fewer folks want to go to church. Fewer and fewer folks believe that it's worth my time. It's worth my energy. It's worth my effort. But I'm going to tell you, if there was ever a moment that we are battling spirits of, of anxiety and depression and fear, and we need this Holy Spirit to move and strengthen and give us strength in this hour it is right now we are seeing the bottom drop out and I, I realize we, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow but I still know who holds tomorrow and I know who created tomorrow and he is able and that very sense was why James would say and I read this was my last verse this morning and I read to you when he said James said it like this. He said, I, I realize that um, uh, here we are. And uh, that James, the first chapter and the second verse, consider this. And he said, uh, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren. Or you can personalize it. You can say, my ladies, my family. Consider it wholly joyful, family. <clears throat> and you can say, why? Uh, because there is a, what, what's, what's joyful about it all? Well, <clears throat> we are somehow, when you are enveloped and encounter trials and tests, and, and you, you're able to go through, whoa. When you have microphone issues, you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Man, I, I can't consider it joyful when I'm being pounded. How can you do that? You have to praise God through the midst of it. You have to still believe there is a God that is able. He said, be assured and understanding that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. What are you saying? I am saying that what is going to happen, I believe, for all of us, no matter. And here we dedicate a little baby. Unfortunately, there are going to be times that she's going to skin her knees, and there are going to be times that she's going to skin her elbows, and she's going to have to learn how to persevere and press through whether it's a school grade or a problem. But I'm here to tell you that that's the only way she is going to have of growing. That's the only way we have of growing is to say I'm going to press on and hold on to God in the midst of it. And then, you know, I mentioned this morning the Sermon on the Mount. I, I don't like even reading it. The second blessing 
He said, blessed are they that mourn. I don't want to mourn. I don't want to be sad. Have I been sad? Yes, I overwhelmed this year. Sad when folks have gone through it and suffered with COVID and the loss of some of our precious saints. And he said, yet when you mourn, they shall be comforted. And, and, and when you look at that word, and I know that we think of a big comforter and a blanket thrown around our shoulders, but the word in the Greek is parakleo, which means uh, you've been called or beseeched to come near so that you can be strengthened, encouraged, consoled, and comforted. Wow! When he said comforted, that means that the Lord, when you're going through it, he's calling you into a deeper connection with him. <laughs> Why? So that he can pour his love on you. I don't want it that way. I, I don't want to have to go through it. I don't want to endure it. But I'm telling you, it's the trial of my faith. God is not going to leave you nor forsake you. He's going to walk with you through the midnight hour. Oh, that's why David would write in Psalms. And I mentioned that this morning that Hannah prayed, I, there's no rock like our God. But David in Psalms said, Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endures forever. In that same Psalms 100, in 19 he said before I was afflicted I went astray but now I have kept thy word oh Lord I don't want to have to go through an affliction to turn me to you but if something's happening I want to make sure I already know I'm going to run to that rock that is higher than I because that's where my hope and strength is you say well are you saying God's doing it to you no but I'm telling you he has the solution says in, you keep reading in Psalms 119, verse 71, it is good for me that I had been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Unless your law had been my delights, I would have perished in my affliction. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word. Trouble and anguish have taken a hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delight. Great peace have they that... And nothing... We're living in an hour where people are so offended. <laughs> you, you can't drive down the freeway without offending somebody. You can't go, go in the store without somebody being offended. You say, oh, pastor, it's amazing. This hour that we're living in, I, I realize. And, and when you look at what David wrote in Psalms, and I know I appreciate all of you being here tonight, but personalizing this word is that, Lord, great peace of they that love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. What am I doing? I am saying, Lord, give me your peace. I, I want to I take your word. I want to read your word. I want to send a scripture to somebody. I want to reach out. I want the word to become personal to me. You say, but I, I don't know if I'll need it. I'm going to tell you in this hour, I need the word to anchor my mind. I need the word to anchor my spirit. I need the word. He says, Psalms 18, 27 says, For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down high looks. 
For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. And by my God I have what? Leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hind's feet and sets me up on high places. What are you saying? I am saying in this hour, you know, we they sang about it tonight and we, we talk about it but we need to get a new fresh vision of we are serving a God and there is no God like our God there is no king like our king there is no rock like our rock I don't care what comes tomorrow I still know who holds tomorrow I know that there is no God like our God you say well I don't know if I know him like that. The amazing thing is, guess what? You can know him. You can meet him. For a moment, just for a moment, do you think, you know, the child, and, and that's why the New Testament talks about the child of the bondwoman versus the child of the slave, the servant. And he says, they may be raised together for a while, but at some point, the child of this son, the daughter, realize, you know what? I know who this all belongs to. I know where I'm going. I know what God's able to do. Oh, but you say, I, 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 I don't know, I'm, I'm facing a problem I'm facing a situation I, I'm overwhelmed that's why there's the body that's why there's the presence of the Lord that's why the family of God becomes important you say oh well I, I don't I, I don't feel that I, I don't feel that connection that's where I've been buried in his name I've all of a sudden received his spirit why, why is that all of a sudden? Because it becomes I'm a part of the family, the family of God. That's why we talk about, you know, where your friends become your family. That's why we talk about the family being so important. Why? Because here's, here's a family that stood here tonight. Sawyer has no knowledge yet, but she's got two older brothers and an older sister that right now, you know, somebody's picking on her in the first grade. Huh? That Jensen that was able to crush the opposition in T-ball. I hate to think what he might say we're going to have to make sure he's full of the Holy Ghost. Because if somebody picks on my little sister, that's my family. Better not mess with her. You thought I crushed you in T-ball. Huh? Oh, pastor, you know, why? That's my family. That's why it's so beautiful about the family of the Lord. 
That's what's so beautiful about why? Because we serve, have one dad, and that dad has got our back. And I know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're going to go with me, Lord. You're going to make it through. And so sometimes, you know, you may not say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say when she's going through it. I don't know what to say. If the only thing I can say is, there's no God like our God. Hang in there. God's got your back. I'm praying for you. What are you doing? I'm just telling you, there, that's the God we serve. What are you doing? I, I, I don't have a word. To, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, what do you want me to say? I don't know what tomorrow holds, Sister Laylee. But I can tell you, I know there's no God like our God. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, Victoria. I don't know what, but I know that there is a God and He is strong. He is able. He is able. He is able. He is able. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But there's no God like our God. Oh, let's just raise our hands and love Him. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah.